What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my loves. It's Bridie, and we are delivering our weekly episode to you today, featuring our guests Morgan Catalina and Oscar Peters. We connected with Morgan about her festival, Come Alive, which was an erotic art festival that took place in Utrecht over the summer of 2022. And Oscar was one of the participating artists. I think you're going to find this conversation really fun and really, uh, I don't know, like quite thought provoking, actually. And uh, and at the very end, we have a little musical surprise. So stay oh. tuned in right until the end. Oh, you want to do it right now? I thought we were doing it now. OK, let's do it now. Uh, do you <laughs> I don't know it. You it, don't know it? I think it's, uh, is okay. it, is it, do you wish, do I wish I had I a, wish I, I had an Oscar, Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I truly wiener. like to be. Oh, you want to be, they want to be an Oscar Mayer wiener? As if I, I were was an Oscar, Oscar Mayer wiener. Everyone would be in love with me. me. Everyone does love Oscar's wiener. Um, <laughs> okay, so that was your little treat for the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Enjoy the episode, folks. This one's really, really fun. And a uh, big shout out uh, to uh, our guests, Morgan and Oscar. Come, come, what is it called again? Come again. Come alive. A uh, big shout out to Come Alive. 
Um, well, I'm, I'm excited for this conversation um, because, I mean, look, I came in today <laughs> blind, so blind. Um, and uh, but, Bride, you gave me a little, little rundown on the conversation that we're having today. Um, we're going to be speaking to Morgan and Oscar from Come Alive all the way over in uh, Amsterdam. Um, and uh, I'm on your guys' website. And the, f- <laughs> the first thing that just like jumps out to me is this amazing image of a very, very cute bottom uh, with some googly eyes. Uh, and I, it's Halloween like right now. And I'm going to like a rave tonight and I don't have a costume, but I'm looking at this cute ass in <laughs> a thong and these I googly can't... eyes. And I'm thinking this might be the way to go. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, Morgan, Oscar, wh- uh, what is Come Alive? Um, give us a little bit of a, a breakdown on, on what it is that you guys have created. Um, sure. So my name is Morgan. I'm the curator, uh, co-curator of Come Alive, and it was an art exhibition that really looked at a plurality of voices exploring eroticism and um, and what that actually means for people and how eroticism can actually be a healing force, um, both on a personal level, but also on a more societal level. And it took place this summer in Utrecht. It was on for about two months and the show has just closed, sadly. Um, and then Oscar was one of the artists who were featured in the show. Cool, sweet, and, and uh, like over over two months. Are we talking? Give me a bit of like a, a sort of paint a picture for me of what it is I'd be walking into if I if I, you know, uh, kind of uh, bypass bypass. Yeah, I'm walking through Amsterdam. I don't know much. I see this like science is, uh, you it's know, Utrecht or, or Utrecht. Is that is that not? Uh, I I don't, I don't know. I had to I had to look it up. <laughs> I don't know the world. Different city. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I was in Amsterdam, and then somehow I, I I fucking blacked out, and I woke up in Utrecht, um, and and I see a sign that says "Come Alive Festival," and I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting, and I walk in. What am I what am I stumbling into? So we actually hosted this two month art exhibition at Het New Muntgebouw, which is the old um, mint. So it's a printing press where they made the coins of Europe, and so oh. it's a neoclassical building very traditional um, on the canals, very iconic, cute, like windmills kind of vibe uh, in Utrecht. And when you open up the door to walk inside, the very first thing you saw was this kind of uh, moving, breathing, brightly colored art installation from Metastera that immediately like flipped its on, on its head. And so what we wanted to do with the show was take this um, this symbol of this, this treasury building, which is looking at kind of centralized currency and centralized power and flip that on its head. And Ooh. so we wanted to make it more like soft and fluid where everything was moving and we had scent, we had sounds. So it was really stimulating. So the first room that you would walk in was really designed to stimulate all of the senses. And uh, we had 45 artists with different installations. So there was quite a mix of things happening in the show uh, about 5,000 square meters. So it was really quite a large exhibition um, and then we had workshops and parties and events throughout the whole uh, period. So there was always something new. And, and that was great. So like you might walk in there one day and there's a, a couple wearing full latex cat suits or you might walk in and then someone is trying to, you know, steal Oscar's art installation that actually happened. <laughs> and we hosted a, a voguing ball. So there was just Ooh. constantly like full of life in the space. Um, so it's kind of like every time you stepped into the exhibition, something something new is possible. Amazing. I, I mean, that sounds, uh, I that sounds really uh, a 
it sounds like a lot. It sounds it sounds stressful as as someone running something like that. That sounds like so much work. Um, like how often, you know, throughout the span of a week, how often are these? Is the exhibition sort of shifting and changing with different events? Um, we hosted a couple of key anchor events, like a big opening and a big happy ending closing and, and the voguing ball. Um, but we we did generally a couple events every single week. Um, it was open five days a week. So yeah, it was a bit of a logistical nightmare, but it was also really fun um, because, you know, one of the things we really wanted to do is invite people from the community to use this as a space for themselves as well. Because during COVID, of course, we all kind of isolated into our pods and forgot how to talk to each other. So we really wanted the exhibition to be a place where people could come together and make new friends, but also bring their own. And um, for us, you know, the art is just a vehicle to spark a conversation. So we really wanted to create a space that could serve as an entry point for people to have conversations around sex or around healthcare, around um, mm. eroticism. And uh, yeah, so that was a big part of the reason why we hosted these different workshops and, and events throughout the period. What, was this something that you were planning prior to COVID and then, <laughs> and then had to re, you know, think, or was this a response to that? Um, well, personally, I, I lost all my work as an event producer during COVID. And so I actually went back to school to study holistic sexuality education. Oh, cool. And so then that was really like a deepening of, of my research and hosted a lot of online talks. And that was really great, but it really left me wanting to connect with people in real life. So, um, yeah, as COVID was kind of wrapping up here, we kind of recognized that people are really hungry for conversations around intimacy and connection and that mm. those are best served physically together. So in, it wasn't a necessarily direct response to COVID because it's something we were thinking about for quite a long time since 2017 when we first uh, interacted. But the timing was perfect because I think it allowed people a safe space to kind of open up and um, be comfortably uncomfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, one of the things I really love about the a, a little blurb on the website, it says, together we find a way of out of the hyper commercialization of romantic love and sexuality, creating alternatives to the increasing loneliness people are experiencing. Um, that, that, uh, that piece about like trying to escape the hyper commercialization of sexuality, mm -hmm. how, how, like what was, how, how did you go about doing that? Like what were, what are the things that you saw in the way that, you know, society, uh, capitalist society sort of views sex, utilizes sex um, as like a way to sell as a way to sort of gawk as a way to like, I guess like continuously add on to the taboos that surround sex in general. Um, like what were the ways that you were doing to kind of find those alternatives um, that, that you were speaking to in, in terms of like increasing uh, in, in terms of addressing that increasing loneliness? Yeah, I think one of the things, especially the pandemic um, helped us all to see is that we can't really rely on these institutions of the past. Right. And so we, you know, the, these kind of gatekeepers um, are no longer, um, providing for our needs in, in the way that maybe they used to. And so we can do this ourselves and that, that can actually be very simple. We don't need to buy things and we don't need to buy into this kind of sexuality or connection as a commodity, um, to enjoy the benefits of it. So that could be actually just sitting and having a conversation with somebody, but it could also be, um, 
well, for example, we had like a touch workshop. So we had one called the mouth is a microcosmic pleasure portal. <laughs> it was really like your own senses, you know, and, and finding pleasure that is unique to yourself. And, you know, we didn't want to be prescriptive about what these things are or how you should value them, but just kind of give people a lot of opportunities to try things that were new. And maybe sometimes that didn't lead to a connection, but then maybe sometimes um, people did find something that they, that they liked, but it's really about like sharing love with each other and, and providing for each other um, outside of these larger systems. And, and I think when you look at a lot of like successful political revolutions, you see that like people are, are feeding each other and taking care of each other and, supporting each other directly. Um, and that's kind of what we wanted to remind everyone of is that you don't, you don't need to buy something. We can just support each other directly. Mm. That's a long answer. I don't know if that really answers I love your it. No, it's great. It's great. Yeah. 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 Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. I think it it really it really highlights a really common theme that I've heard been hearing since the pandemic, which is just like exactly to parrot what you just said. It's just like we can't wait around for larger, like organized bodies to step in and help us fix these problems of disconnection in our communities. Like we, like nobody's going to come down from the top down and tell us how to make our small communities like really strong and mm. resilient and um, like just, you know, living in the city, just having community alone with your neighbors is like 
it doesn't exist unless you go out and you make it happen. Nobody else mm. is out there mm -hmm. um, organizing that for you. I, I'm really curious about the process of recruiting artists or inviting artists or did artists apply? Like, how did you get this crew together? And at what stage were you, were you like, this is the theme? Do you have something that you want to contribute? Like, what was that creation process like? Um. Yeah, again, in a way, this was kind of the thesis of my research for this school program that I did. And I collaborated with Ina Favors as co-curator. And so we each kind of, it was, it was really funny, actually, when we first talked about the show, one day on Zoom, we were like, well, I've been collecting some artist ideas. And she was like, well, me too. And we each sh shared each other like our own PowerPoints. And they were so much overlap. And they're like, okay, we really have to do this. Mm. They're really on the same track. Um, and from there, we really did a lot of research. So we read a ton and we really kind of got a, a, a very strong conceptual basis for the show. So setting up the problem about this kind of precarity and this this insecurity and the loneliness um, coming out of the pandemic, but also like we talked about the kind of neoliberal individuality and how do we kind of make a community around that. And then we really looked at like, what is eroticism? You know, what does that actually mean for us? And we came up with a definition that was essentially like the creative energy, you know, the thing that animates you, the thing that kind of makes you feel alive. So that could be love, it could be sex, but it could be your relationship to nature, feeling the sun on your body, it can be anything. And so once we had that kind of conceptual framework, we reached out to, uh, to artists. I would say the most of them we invited proactively. A couple of people reached out to us, um, but in Oscar's case, actually, I had seen his work in Amsterdam before I lived here. Um, I don't know, five years ago, maybe, and just been following his work ever since. And then, and then we were like, okay, we really want this guy in the show. Um, and then it was just, you know, hey, we'd have a phone call, we'd show them some images and some kind of background material. And then, in this case, luckily, he said yes. Um, <laughs> but Oscar, maybe you can right. tell us more about yeah. the process. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd love to know like what you contributed to the uh, to the entire the entire event. Right. Um, so, so hi, I'm Oscar. Um, uh, I, I generally I make very large scale kinetic sculptures. So I usually build very large things that move. Um, and I think I think the piece you were referring to you saw was a wooden roller coaster that I, I built. I built I think six or seven roller coasters all over the world that are not for people, but are but are for artwork. So I, I usually tend to invite other artists to come and build something that goes on top and and, and rolls around. Whoa, um, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're really fun to build and yeah. better them, and it's really like get, gets people excited also to build build things. Uh, so I kind of got invited to be part of the show to build something similar, like also build a roller coaster, make an erotic roller coaster. And I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already built so many of those. I wanted it to be completely different, so I, I pitched a proposal of making these six foot wieners uh, <laughs> about a foot in diameter. So there's these really really big hot dogs. <laughs> and, and hot dogs are great because they have this weird, weird bouncy quality to them. So they, you know, they're they're very flaccid, weird, you know, fleshy shapes. Um, so I, I proposed a bunch of those, and some some in buns, and some without, just on these machines, just just floppy wieners everywhere. <laughs> uh, and just, you know, the ambiguity, ambiguity of the word wiener is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, I just I, I don't know I like to have a, a fun fun with that I like to have fun with sculpture and also with that you know how do, how do you how do you make a, a 
well, uh, not how do you make a giant wiener, but how do you make a giant wiener floppy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I, I, I've made them before. I've made a, a variation on this piece before. It's like the, the, the first, the first time I made a giant wiener sculpture was, uh, when I was also doing a, like a somewhat erotic art, art piece. And, um, I always figured, wouldn't it be funny if you like, you know, this idea of when you open up a can of hot dogs and, 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 and you let them flop out, it's kind of like, like shoving slow, shoving your, like a bunch of cocks through a glory hole, which is really yeah. Yeah. awful yeah. and weird. Jostling. Yeah. Yeah. Jostling is hilarious. the word. That... Yes. <laughs> it is hilarious at the same time. <laughs> and everybody does this. I mean, I think like the, 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 the hot dog is, is, is everyone's penis because everybody's been like, and make jokes about it, or yeah. like, like, like bananas. Yeah. Um, so I made these. I made a sculpture with much, much smaller uh, foam and latex hot dogs, which were they were about a three foot long, mm. maybe. And and they were all just you know coming out of the wall and, and spinning around each other. So I figured I want to I want to do this, but I want to make it a lot bigger. Mm. And because you know bigger bigger is better sometimes. <laughs> I want to add one dimension of the artwork he forgot, which is that one of them was a, a big hot dog in a bun that you could sit on. And when you sat on it, it would begin to vibrate. Which is great. And people loved this. <laughs> like, That's hilarious. I love that. It was good. At the opening, I walk into this space where, where, where I'm showing. And I find these people just face down or just, you know, with their butts up in the air, <laughs> just laying on top of my hot dog uh, for, for like, you know, minutes on end. It was great. It was really, really nice to look at to see. I, so you let I, you let people interact with yeah. like action because a lot of times with art, you're not allowed to touch it. So that that's kind of cool. I would like to. I think it's really important. Yeah, for, for yeah, art totally. To, to like be so interactive to a certain degree, especially mm. when I think when you're making erotic art or when you're part of erotic art show, a lot of it's like very tactile. Mm. I, I also I also love that your name is Oscar and you made giant wieners. That's uh, uh, there you go. Yeah. That's that's pretty. That's very very. That funny. is so ridiculous. I did not put that together because in my head I'm singing the Oscar Mayer Wiener song, but totally didn't make yeah. that connection. We, we have to show images of the artworks, you know, at certain points, and of course we didn't have one because this was a commission, and so we used the Oscar Mayer Wiener truck to like stand in for this. Which makes it kind of a yeah, I think our artworks that you can touch and experience and play with was that was also a big part of the curatorial like criteria is that things you could actually inter interact with and yeah. feel and activate all the senses. I've got I've got a bit of a question that that and and if 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 this isn't really something that you can answer, it's totally fine. But um, I've never been to Amsterdam uh, or or the Netherlands uh, rather, um, but. But what I've what I've gathered over the years of being over here in Canada um, is that uh, Europe in general, but but most certainly like uh, the Netherlands, have a different relationship to sexuality and like the human body, nudity, for for example, than than we do over here in like Canada or the U.S. Like we we have a hard time even joking about yeah. it in our like media and yeah. our entertainment. Um. Uh. Yeah. Like like I remember growing up. Like if I ever. I mean, the, you know catching a glimpse of a naked body was extraordinarily rare in media. You know, the closest thing as a kid that I could come to is like 
the Sears catalog and, and going through the bra section um, and being like, wow, look at that. Like so risque. Um, but, but, you know, I've, I, I've, I've always had this sense that in, in the Netherlands, in Europe in general, there's the, it's, it's a little bit more loose with like the, 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 you know, nudity, the human body, sexuality in general. Um, I, now again, I've never been over there, so I could be completely wrong on that. But, um, the, the question that I have is like, what was the, what was the response of the, of the folks that were showing up to the exhibit? What was the response from, you know, the, the city in general, like having a giant erotic, uh, art exhibit in, in the town? Um, you know, was, was it, was it a good response? Was there, was there backlash? Um, I can imagine like if this exhibit opened up in Halifax, there would be a lot of, a lot of like boomers that would just be so so disturbed and we have at least one picketer we oh, have at least one person sure, with a, with a picket sure, for sure yeah <laughs> um I, I i grew up here i'm, I'm very much dutch mm-hmm. I, uh, so to i don't uh, i think it's like fairly similar i grew up like pre-internet <laughs> it'd still be hard to find lots of nudity growing up mm. uh but you know i remember seeing it on television and you know there's a lot of like great Dutch novels that include a lot of like gratuitous sex in, 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 in literature. Um, but I don't know, as a kid, we, you know, go to the sauna and there's so, I don't know, I, I guess you're very, very comfortable with the naked body. I always mm-hmm. like, whenever I have friends come over from the States, I, you know, I, sometimes I have to go to work, right? So I give them tickets to go to the sauna and they're completely freaked out that they have to be naked all day. And at the same right. time, they're really excited. It's like, oh, I get, you know, I get to experience that. And they, um, so they loosen up to it, which is, which is really fun because it's like very normal to me. But I, I don't know, like for the show, um, I don't I had a lot of friends just really getting a kick out of it. Like there mm-hmm. was not a lot of like, I don't think there was a lot of like backlash at all. Like people were just really generally just very excited. Um, and some of the pictures you sent me when I wasn't there was there's some really really fantastic pictures of people like in, in full fetish gear just going through the exhibition. Uh, um, yeah. Well, actually, I was really surprised to hear this one re- reviewer come out and say, "Oh, it was very wholesome." I think that's because, you know, it wasn't like pornographic, you know, porn is is sex in like a very one dimensional, more commercial image of sex. And we were trying to show more intimacy, more connection, more, more depth there. And so I think if people actually engage with the artworks, you know, and heard the stories of these people, then then they came away thinking that um, it wasn't dirty. Um, And, you know, the criticism that we did receive, um, I think was just that we couldn't show all perspectives, right? So there's really like 8 billion perspectives on sex in the world. And so we came under criticism for not showing a Christian perspective as much Ooh. or asexuality, but huh. you know, um, there's just so many stories to tell. And with 45 artworks, you can only do so much. Mm. So it was actually, it felt like they wanted more, you know, they wanted us to, to mm. do mm-hmm. be bigger. So I think that's actually kind of nice. Um, but I will say that because we were in this very traditional venue, on the one hand, they did um, <laughs> they had like event rentals, and on the we used the industrial spaces in the back where they actually like melted the metal for the coins. And so sometimes they would have events, and they would say like, "Oh, can you please like 
cover all the windows because we don't want our people to see your like freaky people. You know? <laughs> like, okay. really? And so there, there was a bit of like, mm. oh, what you guys are doing back there is like a real weird. And weird, yeah. Weird, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so that was quite funny because at, at one point they hosted a wedding and they were like, yeah, really. <laughs> like keep your, your freaky naked people away from us. Um, keep those giant floppy wieners out of this wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we got a, a bit of that. Yeah. Weddings are boring, but <laughs> installations. And next, next to a sex show was, uh, was funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I'm American, so I also grow up with that kind of very, um, conservative mentality around it. And I will say that personally, this living here has allowed me to engage with things on a much deeper level just because I have access to it. And I think, you know, no place is perfect, but the Netherlands does have a more open mentality and it does have more, um, this kind of idea that you can do whatever you want as long as you're not infringing upon other people. So Mm. I've been able to open up, um, much more myself. And I think again, the show, the show really gave permission to people to do that. So I saw it both with our, our staff, but also our attendees. And and I think that's the key thing is like everyone wants to know that they're not weird or everyone wants mm. permission to just be themselves. And I think when you show like some really weird stuff, then people see, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not that weird and I can kind of step mm. out of my comfort zone a bit more. So in a way, the exhibition was just like one big permission structure. Um, yeah, for people to explore. Mm. I like to that awesome. I, I love that. I love that. It's so funny. Compared to what? Uh, I, I, the, <laughs> the piece, that that piece about um, receiving criticism about you know um, missing out on on certain perspectives uh, in in the planning process of this exhibit. Um, what was that discussion like between you and and the other organizers about uh, about you know? checking off certain boxes that that really highlight certain perspectives of sexuality from from around the world um well i will say one of the things that we did is we we both wrote positionality statements which basically just say like this is who we are where we're coming from and like these are our blind spots and we're aware of that and we welcome a dialogue about that so we wanted to be really really clear because we do have a certain perspective we're going into this with And then we were also really cautious of not just like having a list of boxes to check because we also wanted to show like really great world-class artworks, you know, and we, we often, it's really important to us that we give the artist creative freedom. So with Oscar, you know, we knew his previous work, but when he said he wanted to make hot dogs, we're like, great, you do that. If that's what you're excited about, you know? So sometimes that took us in very, very different directions that we never could have expected. But I think for us as organizers, that's also the joy. And it's also an honor for us to give artists a platform to make something weird and new that is different. Mm. Um, So you, you can't be too prescriptive about all the different things like that. Um, and it's funny because I'm I'm personally very interested in kink and how kink can be like healing perspective. And then people said, oh, well, it wasn't kinky enough. But I was really aware of like not putting my own agenda in it too much, mm. you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you, you can't make everybody happy. Um, so what we tried to do was just show like balanced perspectives. You know, we had conversations about masculinity and how, you know, the world is changing and that can leave men behind sometimes and how they deal with that. No. But then we also had, you know, very queer perspectives and we even had eco-sexuality perspectives where this one woman was essentially like rubbing her vulva all over a prickly pair of cactus and you know that's like that's that's cool too you know Mm. so um 
we really tried to have as many voices as we could. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say one, one other thing is that one of the artworks that was a really like a fan favorite um, was by Company New Heroes. And it was basically um, this large inflatable where you could go inside and read or hear people's mm. erotic fantasies. Mm. So they collected something like 3000 erotic fantasies from all over the country and then categorized them in about like 57 different categories. And so through this one artwork, it opened up to like tons and tons of stories that were like boring and funny and scary and creepy and uncomfortable and hilarious. So um, we could all sit in, inside this giant inflatable on these, on these cushions and pillows and take out like the you know, like a menu of like what would I want to read? Uh, and they were great stories, like wild ones. You know, like wow, I never mm. heard of that before. So it was I had a really good time in them. Yeah. Also, mm. you know, sharing these stories like oh, you got to check this one out. And it was yeah, it was really good. What about the what about the like the sexual health aspect of things? What were what were some of the things that you were really hoping to cover and like? ensure that there was discussion and dialogue surrounding um surrounding sexual health well i'm glad you asked that question (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things we always do with our exhibitions is try to make community partners and so in this case we worked with the Oscars like Day. <laughs> when it's like the CDC. It's like the public health uh, right. organization, essentially. Right, right, right. Um, and so they actually came and did, oh, yeah, right. they had like office hours at the exhibition. So they had um, nurses and, and like public health officials there to answer questions about STIs or reproduction or whatever else um, people wanted to talk about. So that was a really, really cool partnership. And mm. yeah, we were really proud of that one. They were really nice, also. Yeah, they were really nice. <laughs> they were really open. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard for the public health um, organization to really get into the culture, you know, and really find opportunities to talk to people where they totally. are, and yeah. so it really worked both ways. Yeah, and yeah, to have a face for the public to to respond to or to like, yeah, for them and, to be public. And I will what? say this isn't exactly health, but we we also had some really difficult stories about trauma and overcoming really difficult things. So Martin and Inga Rebig um, did a series of film interviews where they asked people what's essential in their lives. And often sexuality is a part of that. And they basically told stories of like really difficult sexual trauma and how people overcame that. And so Mm. um, we also wanted to talk about resilience and healing and things like that in the exhibition. So Mm. health in a slightly different perspective. That was also important. Um, that sounds so well-rounded. I, yeah. I like the idea of those things being side by side because just while you were talking, I was having this this thought about of uh, there being like eroticism and sexuality and sensuality, and then there's like health, and which is like dysfunction often when people think about sexual health they don't Mm. think about it unless there's a problem um so it's nice to see just like the slow bringing together of those two sides of the same coin that often we're just like uh sex ed can be so dry and so like you know like wah wah like dysfunction based and illness based pathology based um to have it right there you know, we're starting to see it with with different speakers like Samantha Biddy over here, people mm-hmm. who are just like showing up as their sort of kinky and erotic and like self-expressed selves. But they're teaching sex ed to, mm-hmm. you know, university students and stuff like that over here. Edutainment. 
Ed- I'm a big I'm a big fan of edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's the best. It's the absolute best. There's not enough of it. And um, and it's this sneaky. is like this is a great example of that. Yeah. You know. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, there uh, were what, those the video pieces that I, I forget the artists, but that really really dealt with in depth with with like um, handicap and sexuality. And oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, uh, it's a group called the Army of Love, and essentially um, they are creating these decentralized networks of people in kind of pods around the world, actually, Mm. and they teach people how to give love to those who are traditionally excluded from this kind of standard love economy or idea. So it can be people with physical or mental handicaps or disabilities. Um, It can be the elderly. It it can be really kind of anyone. and that's yeah, that's a very beautiful project yeah. um, that shows you can be really proactive about this. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you have to you have to make it fun for people, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what this is all about. And you have to come where people are and and kind of meet them on their level. Um, so I totally agree about the edutainment. Yeah, know? yeah, and and that 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 fun aspect is one of the things that that I think personally is like is vital when it comes to, uh, you know, tackling things like stigma and tackling things that are taboo or tackling things that people maybe get uncomfortable about or have, have a history of, you know, preconceived notions about like it's, it's, it's one of defenses come down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really great bridge to get to the, to the point that, that matters. Um, uh, you know, making it fun, making it engaging, making it, uh, being able to ride a giant wiener that is, uh, vibrating, you know, it's well, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel it was very, very, I feel very honored that I was part of the show as I think being one of very few, uh, cis men in the show and then making a piece like that, which is, it is fun. It is funny. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's very much about, you know, this, this, this male pressure to perform and have, you mm-hmm. know, these floppy wieners and the, uh, you know, impotence and the pressure to perform and psychological pressure about that. And, and, you know, people make fun of penis or flaccid penises all the time. Or mm-hmm. so it's like this, it's just this weird duality in there, which I think is, you know, also needs to be talked about also like, you know, and plus sex is fun. Mm-hmm. It is funny and it is, is it can be stupid and it doesn't you know so there's this weird uh there's those issues to it and at the same time yeah you can make a joke about it you know it's, it's sex doesn't always have to be serious or rather, rather not even it's like a lot of it's is release and and, and enjoyment mm-hmm. mm. i'm i'm curious for both of your perspectives on this as artists and and organizers with with an art piece or an installation or a festival, what makes it a success? What makes it successful? Whatever that means, whatever that means to you. It's <laughs> a really great question. Um, I think for my project personally, it's always about like quality over quantity. So I would much rather have fewer people who are really engaging and staying there for hours and really getting into it than just a ton of visitors. So, you know, actually we, we caught, um, we caught a couple having sex in the elevator. And for me, I was like, Oh my God, it's working. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super happy. Um, and, and so stories like that where people are like, you know, another person told me, yeah, after I left the exhibition, I downloaded Tinder 
And I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's not the oh, point, awesome. but like the <laughs> fact that you were moved to take some action, then to me, that's a success story. Or mm. I had another friend say, you know, I, I actually had like really great conversations with my friend about stuff we've never discussed for hours after the show. Mm. And so for me, that's, that's really what it's all about. Um, and then I would also say that I learned something, you know, like I personally learned a lot. And I think, as I mentioned before, like, you know, someone on the team really like brought in their open relationship and then learned a lot about um, power exchange and, mm. and is now experimenting with that. And again, it's not, it's not the goal. I wouldn't have thought of that in advance, but like, just, just the fact that these new perspectives led them to take action in their lives in a, in a way that was fulfilling to them is, is really great. Mm. Do you think that you'll do this again? Like, will this, will this have a home again in the future? Um, I hope so. I hope you're going to be more. <laughs> Oscar's like, I, 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 please. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, this was a really like site specific and, and moment specific exhibition, but absolutely. I think this was really important. And what I found is that people really want to talk about sex. So I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for that. Um, I'm not sure exactly what form it will take yet, but mm. 100% I'm going to keep working on this. Um, I don't know about your answer about what is a successful artwork. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't know. For me, it's as simple as just, you know, walking, like I said, walking into the space and seeing people laying face down on my giant bike. <laughs> I mean, that was like, okay, this, I, you know, that, that for me was like, so, okay, this, this, this piece worked, this is successful. Mm. Uh, and I've had like several people ask me like, hey, can I, how much can I, I want to have one of those vibrating hot dogs in my house. <laughs> how many batteries would it take to run that thing like how many double a batteries perfect yeah yeah i think some listeners are going to be like can we get some of this merch on the uh if oscar made that battery operated that would have been really funny just hook it up to your generator i seem like a hot dog vibrator now that i think about it Oh, yeah, really? yeah. There, there is a, there, there is a, there's a company in the states called Emojibator, and they do uh, they make they make um, emoji vibrators. So you've got like the eggplant emoji vibrator, and you've got the like the chili. Um, but a, but a hot dog, I haven't yet. I have, I've seen I've seen I've seen hammers. I've seen small. Size size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, I, I was just laughing to myself too, about your, your responses to like what made this successful about how quirky it is that like, you know, in, in lots of fields and lots of industries, when it comes to like picturing your success is you've got these goals that are like smart goals, they're specific and they're measurable mm. Mm. and they're attainable. And it's like to have worded, to have predicted, yeah. to have set the goals that you just set. You yeah. just I met. want someone to bang in the elevator. Exactly. I, want, I want someone to join Tinder. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you, and what also caught me too, Morgan is like, you wouldn't have known. And, and Oscar, you wouldn't have known that those particular successes were happening unless they were reported back to you, unless mm. you walked in there and yeah. you saw that, like mm-hmm. you don't get, you don't get those, those rewards if you're not talking to people and seeing, watching them interact with it. I, I realize now that this is a really high bar for my next show. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Will there be a continued theme of eroticism for each of you in your work? For me, yeah. I mean, it's something that I mean, y- yes and no. It's always there's always some some of it in there, and I 
I, I really enjoy it, but I like it also. I mean, this is very blatant, uh, but I like, I, I try to put it some subtlety in there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's always something that's very exciting about it. And then, you know, that, that I, because, you know, it excites people. Right now, I'm, I'm working on a piece which is kind of like a, a sacrificial altar kind of piece and it's huge and you know in my mind i'm imagining it you know with with the virgin sacrifice of course uh so like you know like from these like monster or like um what do you call it like movies like conan barbarian there's always like scantily clad women in it and it's like they have this weird uh male gaze eroticism to it and i kind of want to play with that uh in in this in this sacrificial altar piece so there's going to be a little bit of it in there but i might just subvert it a little because it's you know that's been done and it's not you know it's interesting but you know there's there's got to be something new to that i would say that what you've described is actually doesn't seem that much of a departure from roller coasters like when you say it's exciting to people and mm -hmm. it's got that like stimulating mm -hmm. exciting playful effect oh, for, on sure. People. for sure and i think that's that's what um that's like one of the things that, that binds all, all of us together, I think. This 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 thrill seeking. It's you know, it's why we like it's why we enjoy eating hot peppers. Like it's a plan saying, oh, stay away from me. And yet here we are. Yeah. You know, cultivating these to be more and more spicy. And it's same thing with roller coasters. It's like we're strapping ourselves into a machine that, you know, gives us gives us this illusion of, oh my God, I'm about to die. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like art should have like a similar similar experience where like a very physical very very what do you call it like basic visceral human reaction mm. um and i think like sex and eroticism is something that's in all of us and I, that's why i find it interesting and i think it should be in a lot more artwork mm -hmm. yeah um, so i'm definitely gonna kind of try to put it in there but it's yeah it's yeah i'll, I'll see where it goes I mean, this this is a little bit off topic, but uh, Oscar, do you ever do, like do you have do you have inspirations of one day designing a roller coaster that you yourself can ride? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, I'd love to. I mean, if there if there's one day space or I happen to buy a house that has outside space, I would love to have something like that. But then again, I would also love to build more say uh, variations on vibrating hot dogs like mm -hmm. more, more more those kind of like uh, those kind of enjoyable sculptures why stop at a roller coaster when you could build an entire amusement park i know yeah. i know i know this is like this is not this has nothing to do with anything but just talking to the two of you is making me so so horny for a, like a haunted house experience like I, <laughs> like a really great haunted house and and it's it's I mean it's wishful thinking, but a haunted house with a with an erotic kind of twist to it would just be oh yeah would just be the best. Great. I mean, haunted house it'd be so fun. Yeah, basically it's a dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, just a just a Hellraiser dungeon. That's it. Just a, just a oh, sex amazing. pleasure playing dungeon. Yeah. Sign your consent before when you get in. And then... Yeah. Sign your waiver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Morgan, what about you? What about uh, your your future? endeavors and this yeah stuff. absolutely and i think you know like i said eroticism as like a, cre a creative energy will always be part of it because it's like the thing that makes me excited to work on something or like gives me energy you know so i think 
I want to bring this kind of erotic energy to everything that I do, even if it's not about sexuality mm. necessarily. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, definitely going to continue in the topic. And again, you know, my interests are specifically around kink and the healing potential. Cause I think that so much, so much shame is like limiting us as society. And I think if mm. we can just kind of be honest about who we are and what we want and our desires, then that can really free us up in so many other areas. So I'm really interested in helping people to, to yeah, explore like what they really want and, and what's holding them back from that. And, yeah. um, How can people stay up to date <clears throat> with the work uh, that it is that you both individually do? Uh, if people are listening to this and they're like, man, I got to follow along. Oh, um, I have a website, www.oscarpeters.com, or you can check me out on uh, Instagram at Studio Oscar Peters. And I, anybody listening to this, I highly suggest you head over to the Instagram. I've, I've been sitting here kind of perusing at the entire conversation, and, and there's, there's really, like, you know, you can see uh, there, it, there's a, a roller coaster in Kyoto that's, that's going on. Uh, it's a really cool video, but there, if you scroll way down, you'll see, uh, you'll see some wiener action. Oh, it's yeah. a very, very fun wiener action going on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> put more on. Yeah, we have a little recap film about the exhibition at Come um, Then Dash Alive, Puntanel. That's C-O-M-E. Very intentional. <laughs> um, uh, <I> <laughs> and um, my personal website is morgancatalina.com, but I'm terrible and I never finish it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a big mess. Um always on to the next project and never my own. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, come alive. Yeah, yeah. And you you um you want to talk about that? You just recently started up with Shari Klein, like the pro sex society. Oh yeah. This is yeah, sure. We can plug the piss. <laughs> so, <laughs> um a lot a lot of people I knew are kind of working independently as sexuality professionals, especially in the creative sector. So I started a professional society for people working in, in this and um, it's professionals in sexuality society with the unfortunate acronym, acronym PISS, <laughs> but now we're breaking it, we really love it. Um, so it's prosexsociety.com. We're probably gonna have to see if PISS.com is available. I haven't checked that yet. Um, I guarantee yeah. you it's not yeah. <laughs> at I, I least, at least, not, at least not un unless the uh, price tag is, uh, is yeah. very, very high. Yeah, we, yeah. we could do like a Kickstarter for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a basically about, you know, kind of supporting each other as professionals in this industry because there is so much stigma against it and it can be really difficult. So it's, it's hard for us to market services even as simple as education on, on Instagram, on, on mm. MailChimp, you know, like all of no. the ma major kind of American tech platforms are, are really censoring everything that we do. So um, yeah, we basically have a support group um, to help each other out and mm. get the word out because it, yeah, it's important and it's fun. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I just looked it up. Piss.com is owned by Pornhub com so, oh, uh, right. so i'm sure that's it i'm sure that's it i'm sure it's cheap i'm sure you ask nah. them they'll, they'll, they'll give that up for pennies <laughs> yeah and thank you so much for the opportunity because it's really nice to just yeah share our platforms like this and i'm just kind of curious i have one question for you too which is like what does eroticism mean to you and is there anything that you really hope to see changing or or added in the world on this topic 
I mean, you know, the, the, at the very beginning, you, you were saying how eroticism can be healing. And I, I could not agree more. Um, I, I think it's, it's incredibly healing, um, or at least it has the ability to be incredibly healing. And, um, you know, again, especially coming from two people living on the eastern coast of Canada, which is a little bit more conservative than probably most places in Canada, um, I, you know, I do hope for one day uh, we we start to see the the conversation surrounding sex become a lot less troublesome for people and a lot less uh, a lot less scary or a lot less taboo. Um, you know, one thing that that we've talked about a number of times over the the span the course of the show is just how how silly it is that um, sex workers face such such hard times and that sex work is um is sort of treated as this this well it's treated as a crime you know it's it's just straight up a crime which i i think is absolutely atrocious um and so i hope that at least here in canada someday we can we can kind of look at that uh as some bygone thought that was very silly that we looked at sex work as some um you know, some, uh, lower form of uh, occupation Yeah, that yeah. like we have to keep in the shadows. We yeah. can't even. Yeah. 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 That's me. That's my personal take. It's a really good question for me because, I, and just, I had to, I was like, I'm just going to Google what erotic means. Um, because I really, <laughs> I'm a word person and I just kind of, uh, wanted to see what, what the internet said. And, and so I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for eroticism, which says that it's a quality that causes sexual feelings as well as a philosophical contemplation concerning the aesthetics of sexual desire, sensuality, and mm. romantic love. Um, so uh, it's, it's to me something that I definitely want more of a personal practice in. Um, because I, I feel like, you know, we've been doing this podcast for six, six years almost and, and sexuality and, and all of the things that come along with it. Um, like I've really, I feel like I've been really affected by the consumer, uh, and, uh, capitalist sort of like view on it. So at times I'm like, I just don't even want to fucking talk about it anymore. Mm. Like, and it comes with like a lot of shoulds and like, you know, I do this podcast or I host this podcast and I have these conversations. So my sex life should be this or I, mm. you know, I sh should know better. I should be able to define what I want, ask for what I want, like all of these like just shoulds. And I think that that's probably a deep, like implicit programming that I really need to undo and if I need to undo it for myself, then I know we all need to, I, that where the turn I'm trying to take with my own personal growth is like, it, it's okay to do that for just myself, but it would, it really, I should be doing it for other people, including other people in it. It should not just be about me mm. and my personal growth. I should, hopefully I should be able to do this in a way that is like beneficial to other people. So just as a practice culturally in our, you know, city and of just like pausing enough to like tap into our sensations and mm. to give them real value. And I think a lot of that for me has to do with being in the natural world as well. 
as a long winded, just like brain dump. I don't know if it Amazing. makes sense. Yeah. Those are both mm-hmm. great answers and mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Well, uh, Morgan, Oscar, uh, this has been a real treat. Like, j- just so enjoyable to sit down and talk to you both about the work that you've been uh, doing and and excited about the work that you will continue to do. We'll definitely be keeping an eye out. Um, and on behalf of myself, all of our listeners, Bridey, thank you. Thank you so much for yeah, taking time out of your so schedule much. to sit down and chat with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. And come come visit us in Amsterdam. A hundred percent, yeah. All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to, so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turn me on podcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that. Sex toy. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.